everyone, and welcome to On Location. Now, unless you're sitting behind a grill table at a teppanyaki establishment, it's not every day you walk into a restaurant and an employee behind the counter makes a point to go back to the kitchen only to return to show off a large butcher knife to you. Well, that's exactly what happened to me almost five years ago when I first walked into Vincenzo's, a pizza place located in an unassuming strip center in the North San Fernando Valley. Vincenzo's in Granada Hills has been around since 1990, but the original location actually opened in 1979 in Newhall, which is about, I don't know, 15 minutes from where we are now. And just about seven months ago, the Granada Hills location was taken over by Paul Lewis. He's a business owner originally from the Bronx. He grew up on Arthur Avenue, the Italian neighborhood in the Bronx. Family members of his own pizzerias up in that area. Vincenzo's is a location that even today I point out on my San Fernando Valley film tour and inevitably somebody on the tour will say they have great pizza. In 2011, Vincenzo's was actually turned into Nino's Pizzeria, a front for mob activity in what is easily one of my favorite films of the last decade, Nicholas Winding Refn's Drive. Now, upon my first viewing of the film, in every subsequent viewing, I was, I was immediately taken with the film's delicate balance of tenderness, sensitivity, compassion, which Refn really takes time to develop throughout the film. And those elements are juxtaposed with edge-of-your-seat tension and high-octane, ultra-violent set pieces. And I think what also makes Drive unique is that we're seeing Los Angeles through the eyes of an outsider, you know, in the same vein that Ridley Scott came to L.A. to make Blade Runner. You know, Refn is a European director coming into an unfamiliar city. In a movie line interview he did about Drive, Refn said, I wanted to live the life of a European filmmaker in Los Angeles, coming to a city that I didn't know, that I only knew from cinema and mythology. So that was the idea, to create a movie about traveling into something I didn't know. And with that sentiment, I want to introduce my guest. He's a location manager who's worked on films like Scream 3 and uh, the Salton Sea in television shows such as Melrose Plays, mm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Scream Queens, and most recently, The Orville. And of course, he is the location manager of Drive. And I'd like to welcome my guest, Rob Gibson. Thank you. How's it going? Great. Thanks for uh, joining us today, especially because you just started working on something else. So you came from a production office to yes, come up here. Absolutely. <laughs> what are you working on? Uh, we're doing a small movie for uh, Malibu Rescue. It's a TV series that's on, and then they are doing a small, like a one-hour movie. And then from there, we roll right back over to the Orville. I'm wondering, like, in reference to what I just, that quote I just read mm -hmm. from Nick Reffin, did you feel like the approach to locations in Drive comes from an outsider's perspective, and, and therefore maybe we're seeing L.A. in a different way than maybe we haven't seen it? Uh, I believe so. Um, Nicholas really wanted this to be more gritty and like the, I think his words were the underbelly of Los Angeles and how we could just kind of show the audience uh, maybe some places that they haven't seen before or the more the seediness of what it was kind of based on what the, the overall tone of the movie was, I believe. But he really uh, kind of too much of the European thing came with him. What does that mean? Well, he is used to running around. At the time, his, he told me that he was used to running around uh, where he was filming in Europe. And he would take a small crew into, let's say, an apartment building and a cameraman and a, and a few people and just be able to film in random places 
and he didn't quite understand why we couldn't do that here in L.A. So there was a little bit of an education process that had to go along with it. And and I know it was frustrating on a, on a lot of different ends for him and, and, and for the producers a little bit as we just tried to hone in on what flexibility we had here, but also kind of educate him on, on the uh, logistics of how things needed to be done. Do you think there will always be a way to show Los Angeles in a way that's never been seen before? LA only has so much real estate. That's one of the reasons why things are so expensive here. There's We run up against mountains, and even Hollywood has that challenge. So the things that have been shot over the years somewhat get recycled. And it is. There are filmmakers who come here who want to shoot L.A. like it's never been shot before. And then there are filmmakers or directors that say, I don't care if that was shot there, Rob. I'm going to make it my own. And they do. And, and it's, it's, um, it's refreshing to hear both sides of it. Because to try to find a, a jewel in the rough that nobody has seen before is, is the, my goal each and every project. But at the end of the day, it's, it's sometimes those aren't out there, depending upon the project, depending upon the story and, and what it is we're looking for. Have you seen any recent films that you think presented L.A. in an original way or television? You know, one of the things that I really uh, that I most recently saw, which a lot of people did, was Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah. And to watch Captain Marvel in the period that it was and to see the places that that location team took that movie to was incredible. In fact, one of the places that they went to um, years ago, my my dad was uh, one of the district managers for a now closed uh, drugstore chain called Long's Drugstore, which was over on Victory Boulevard in, in sort of Panorama City, North Hollywood there. And they actually filmed at that. It's still standing to this day, not the Long's Drugstore, but that period 60s, 70s architecture in that little strip mall over there. So that was cool to see that and see where they got to, to do that stuff. Valley Plaza, right? Yes, I Valley think that was Plaza. Valley Plaza. I mean, yeah. Valley Plaza. Yeah. yeah, that was really amazing. They made the Blockbuster video yeah, and exactly. all that. It was crazy. Yeah. But what was really cool about that there's shots along the side of the building, and then in the background, they put the elevated train yeah. in the background, yeah. which I think is in El Segundo. I believe so. So it's cool how they put that in the background, and the next thing yeah. you know, they're running running away, and they're in El Segundo, which yeah. I thought was great. Now, Vincenzo's Pizza, where we are today, you know, it's in this, like, unassuming strip center uh, in the North Valley. How out of all the places did you did you come to shoot here? Well, the one thing that we really tried to do with with Nicholas and with Drive was give them as many options as possible for whatever the location called for. It was a pizza place or a hotel, uh, the driving shots, any of that, so that you know he could be the best filmmaker he wanted to be and give them the options to do that. And we looked at a lot of different uh, Italian restaurants, pizza places, um, but we, in the initial uh, scouting for this, we're going more traditional, like a sit-down mom-and-pop type place, more like along the lines of Michelli's or something that old school Italian, um, because it is like you said in the intro, it's more of a mob, you know, hangout place that I had no idea that we were going to go to such a tiny, small place. As we're sitting here now, I'm still, it, it, it makes me laugh that this is actually where we filmed that because the place could not be more than maybe 25 feet wide by, by about maybe a hundred feet deep, if that. But you looked at a place that was just across the street or something first, right? Yes, there's a, I, I forgive me because I don't remember what the name of it is, but there's a mom and pop Italian restaurant that's probably catty corner to us off of Devonshire. And as we were leaving, we were driving by this place and Nick says, what about that place right there? 
and I was like, hey, we can stop in there and we'll see. And, and in the back of my head, I'm thinking that's way too small, um, you know, to get the camera equipment. As most people know, know film crews, we are not tiny. Um, and so Grip Electric, you know, the art department, everybody that needs to get in here. And then to take over this parking lot logistically uh, there's a lot of different layers that you have to get through and the tinier, I can't make anything bigger. I can always make things smaller, but this, this was something I just laughed and he immediately picked it. I mean, it wasn't even a question. When was the last time you were here? You know, I drive by this place almost weekly, uh, because I, where, where we are at on Balboa in, in the North Valley, I actually live in Newhall. Oh, okay. So I drive straight up Balboa sometimes when the 405's packed. So I literally drive by this place almost once a week. Are you originally from L.A.? I am. I am. I. <laughs> yeah, the more people I meet in the film industry, the, the more ironic I find it that they're like, wait a minute, you grew up here. So I'm not a transplant from Texas or New York or, or North Carolina or anything. I actually um, I was born in San Bernardino, which is quite east of here, a couple hours east of here. And uh, then my parents just kind of migrated northwest a little bit into Santa Clarita back in the early 70s. And so um, that's where, um, where my base uh, youth was. It was in Santa Clarita, the, the, that area. The last time I was here, again, about four or five years ago, the walls in here were still red, as, as they are in the film. Yes. Were the walls red when you scouted it? Was that the original look of the place? No. If, I'm, if my memory is correct, the walls were white, just like they are now. And then one of the things that happens, in, and I'm sure that you know this, is we, will, we, the film community, comes in and we will kind of make something our own. And sometimes that includes paint if, if it's affordable. And different locations, we will ask the business owner, homeowner, whatever, if they like the color and they would like to leave it. And at the time, Richie was just so jazzed that we were here. Uh, Richie is the, the previous owner. And he said, absolutely, you guys can, can leave it. Now they've put it back, which uh, brightens up the room quite a bit. Right. It makes it uh, a bigger. Yeah, I mean, it, makes it makes it look, it makes a, lot it look bigger. a lot bigger. Right. And then the last time I was here, too, they still had a Nino's Pizzeria poster that you see, you know, over Ron Perlman's shoulder in yeah. certain shots with the menu on it yeah. um, in this like light box. And that was here forever. And Paul the owner now he told me i guess richie took it with him yeah, uh, after he left you know yeah. which i understand i would have taken that thing with me in an interview brian cranston did with nicholas reffin the director talks about how he's colorblind or partially colorblind yeah. so you end up seeing a lot of red in yeah. some of his films because um, he can't really see mid-range right. colors well. So um, did you notice any of that? I actually didn't. And, and it, it's kind of funny to hear you mention that because I didn't. I, I had known he'd never been to L.A. before. Or I think he'd visited, but hadn't been here too long. We were doing a movie called Drive with a guy who didn't have a driver's license. And there were just certain ironies and funny things in that. But he was just the nicest, nicest guy, you know, when it came to the lo location things. And I know because I've seen some of his other work. And the, I thought the color red was more of uh, a tone of maybe the darker side of how he paints things. And I don't mean, obviously, paint things in, in the pun intended, but, but that he puts that on there so the audience is always in what his tone is. But because uh, even like the, the Chinese restaurant we filmed at, you know, down on Sherman Way, dark, moody reds and, and the lighting was set in that. It just go, went with the whole theme that we were after. 
Can you talk about the delicate balance between creative needs and logistics and then the budget? Who would you express your concerns to if a place was mm. deemed not sh- really shootable? Sure. The line producer. That, that's kind of where the, the buck stops. Because we try to facilitate anything we can. Because yeah. I tell people at the end of the day, I permit whatever you tell me that we have to do. And whether that's uh, expensive or logistically tough... But the location manager has to walk a very fine line between all of the departments. I, I take it very seriously that the grips have a difficult job, that the, the, the electricians have a hard job. Uh, the art director would like to change this or change that. So is the business owner going to be open to painting the walls or is he open to moving the coolers or the, the counters and those types of things? And then my transpo brothers. How do I get, again, with the grip and electric guys in the camera department, how do I get their equipment close enough, especially in a location like this where parking is a premium? We have a barber shop next door. There's a cleaners. There's a real estate office. At the end of the day, when we're on location, it is not easy. It's not on a soundstage. That's why certain people take three camera stage shows, because going out in the real world is rough. And I've had numerous people, whether they're actors, directors, or studio people, tell me they would never want a location manager's job, because you're dealing with the public and the ins and the outs of what those are. And we want to make those things easy as we can on the crew so that when they come into a place like this, is it doable? We actually had to park behind the Vons across the street for our base camp. So that comes into effect because then there's extra drivers, there's extra vans. It's a shuttle now. And we were here multiple days, not just one in and out. You're making those deals and is this really the best place that we, we, can, we can pull this off at? And is it within his vision of what the director wants? Having said that, there's the smart way to do things, and then there's the hard way. And sometimes locations, we just got to bite the bullet and we're doing it the hard way. And that's okay, too. This is what we do. It's what I do, whether it's hard. It's never easy, but I want to give the director or production designer whatever I make the best deal I can with the right look for the film. That's that's a win for me. Now, you mentioned the other businesses in this strip center. So did they all have to close? Or, I mean, I know you end up paying them for inconvenience Correct. or whatnot. If I recall, we left most people open. We gave everybody something, depending upon the impact. We did have to buy parking spaces out uh, in front of the store here. and um, But for the most part, we put up signs saying, you know, business is open during filming and things like that. That doesn't always help because, again, with such a big crew, especially on a movie, you tend to morph out into, you know, different areas. But all in all, I believe we did an excellent job. And I really, my hat's off to the crew that that we try to be as low impact as possible. This is what my worry is always coming into a strip mall of of something like this, because you're affecting everybody and their day-to-day business. And especially in LA, you know, margins are so thin. I don't want to take anybody's business away any more than than any location manager does um, especially because what we're we're doing a film you know or a tv series it's a temporary thing do you personally have some favorite la movies i find it more uh, curious more about things that are shot here that aren't supposed to be here like ncis miami you know was uh-huh. shot here but it was you know, for Miami. And I love that stuff. I, I like to see that. Um, I have a good good friend of mine, Rob Frank, who shot um, Starsky and Hutch here in L.A., which I thought was super right. cool, you know, and they had to find everything that did not have a palm tree in it, you know, <laughs> right. which is always the one most wonderful job in the world. And, you know, and then when there's things that are shot here for New York, 
those are super difficult. Or the period pieces. It is not to shoot a period piece here. L.A. is constantly changing. It's constantly in a way reinventing itself. I, I don't know that the buildings are so much reinventing themselves, um, but the skyline is constantly changing. Uh, there are so many people moving here. There's so many new buildings and apartments and things going up that to, for, for those of us in the community, I mean, I, I, I like to be home. I, I have a family. And so for me to be home and be able to do what I do is very important to me. And so whenever I see that L.A. is featured or the, or just that things are shot here f- for somewhere else, it, it means work. Everybody's working. Hmm. And I love that. How did you get into doing locations? <laughs> I used to work as a hotshot for the Forest Service so as a, and, a, and as a firefighter. And I was in a pretty bad motorcycle accident. Uh, a friend of mine at the time worked for Warner Brothers and called me up and said, there's an opening in security at Warner Brothers on this movie, and I can't tell you what it is. I says, okay. So I go down and I interview for this movie, and it turns out it's Batman with Michael Keaton. Probably the, sec- the second the second one. Because the first one, I think, they shot in London, yes, I think. So, so Batman Returns. I believe, it, I believe it was the second one. Yeah, that's cool. So <laughs> being that I was doing physical therapy... And, uh, you know, couldn't go back to firefighting. I ended up just checking badges, you know, on the set and making sure everybody was who they said they were. And, and, and But along the way, people just kept going, hey, we like you. Come do this with us. And then I became a PA. And I was a PA for a few years. And then I got to production coordinate for some London projects like Channel X and Channel 4 and the BBC when they would come here for some of their projects. And I ended up hooking up with a producer as a production coordinator and then I was kind of double duty with locations because I would handle so many of the locations when London would come. They didn't know LA. We would do San Francisco or we'd do Las Vegas, you know, and some of those. And at the time, I really kind of saw that location manager wasn't tied to a desk, wasn't tied to the stage. You know, you're out, you're you're trying to find things. It's about um, being resourceful, which is one of the things that I really try and, and, and pride myself at and be out in the field. And then the, the relationships that you get to build with the different people. And so I was doing a movie called Bartender that Nicole Eggert had just come out of Baywatch. And I answered an ad and I called these guys up and they were putting this movie on their credit cards called Bartender. And then I thought, okay, well, uh, so I went down to interview with this guy in his living room and he says, well, we can't pay you much, but we'd like you, you know, to be our location manager and anything else if you you can fill in. And I said, okay, well, my, my bills at the time are like $1,100. And so they said, oh, we can afford that. We'll hire you. So they hired me. So for weeks I'm running around, you know, we're at Club Fedoto, we're running around these different locations and I'm setting these things up for them. And non-union gig and um, there was a restaurant on Balboa and Ventura Boulevard called Trilusa this is back in the day and I roll up there one Monday morning about 4 a.m. and I'm putting up signs and I look across the street at the Balboa Park that's right there mm-hmm. and there's all these trailers and trucks and all these things and I'm like oh my gosh what do these guys do win the lottery over the weekend well come to find out it was the guys from Beverly Hills 90210 the, the original by right, the, the way original. the original I know right. yes. yeah I have to, you have to say that now or so we're well, old right, enough to there say was that the, there was that reboot the and reboot, now there's and that now new, there's the new the new one thing. right the new one <laughs> so but those guys came over that morning and they were like who are you and what are you doing and why you're out here so early and, and I 
they were like, oh my gosh, send us your resume. If we ever get an opening, we'd love to get you in. So I continued with the same producer doing the um, London projects whenever they'd come here. And I happened to be in Las Vegas, and I believe it was on Birds of a Feather. That was a, that's a London soap opera. Midway through that production, I went back to my room one day. And uh, I had a message from the guys at 90210, and they said, hey, we have an opening. We're going to get you in the union. Would you like to you know, come in and do this? And I believe that was on season five. They went 10 seasons, so I believe that was on season five. So I, would, I started there first, and so my first gig was with Spelling Entertainment, and I would do 90210 and Melrose Place. I would go back and forth between the two. And a lot of 90210 was actually shot here in the Valley, right? Because yeah. the yeah. stage was the... It was or, on Kester. Or, right? It was just... Kind of like a Calver- warehouse, Calvert warehouse and Kester. thing, yeah. right? Yeah, so I always get these questions. So where was the peach pit at? Was right. that a real bar? I said, right. no, it was a, a door right. with a neon sign above it, you know, in, a, in an alley. What did you know about Drive when mm. you got hired to do it? And were you familiar with Nicholas Reffin's previous work? I was not familiar with his work or, or him, as a matter of fact, so I had to do some research on that. Um, but the producers on it were the same producers I had from the Salton Sea. So they knew me from the Castle Rock days years ago. Mm -hmm. And so coming into that, it was meeting with Nicholas, kind of getting the script. The the original script was super aggressive. In fact, I think the original script had a bank robbery on Topanga Canyon, a car chase down Topanga Canyon to PCH, down PCH, ending with a gun battle in Santa Monica. And when they first sent me that, I, I said, we can't do this. I don't mean to be negative about that, but I, I don't know how we would ever. There's not enough money, and these are daytime shots. That we can't. I can't shut down Topanga for a high speed car chase, you know, <laughs> and then shut down. P- and at the time, Arnold was still the governor, and right. I said he couldn't come down and do that, you know, on his own movie. Um, I said, but but when I say that to you, I want to see if if there's a different way we can think about this and do this, and I'll try and provide you options for this to see if it works. And so that's what we ended up doing is just looking at options and how we could make that happen. Because with stunts that they wanted to do, you have to have absolute control over that. And Nicholas did not want any visual effects. Minimal, minimal, minimal visual effects, if at all. If we could really pull off the car crash, if we could really pull off the stunt drive, if we really pull off the impact he wanted the car crash to have as much visual violence and visual, just that visceral, you know, impact yeah. of reality without the visual effects. So how do we do that with the budget we have, with the locations that we can put together and achieve that for Nicholas? And instead of doing the Topanga thing, you went up to Santa Clarita, right? We went to Templin Highway. But I, but it was more, I don't know that the, the Topanga thing was so much a... I would have loved to give him that. But you would have had to cut it up in such small bites. And then PCH, there was no way. There was to do a car chase with a gun battle and then end in Santa Monica. I mean. Right. Which Santa Monica being a tough place to shoot in any way. Exactly. Besides a gun. Just dialogue. Right. Just to do dialogue in Santa Monica. On 90210, we went there a lot. But this is what the challenge has become in Los Angeles. I'm a champion of anything that gets shot here now, but it is not as easy because it's so oversaturated in the new media and the other things. And it also there's been some some productions who haven't done it well. And so certain cities have said, we can't let you guys do this anymore. And so the challenge of a location manager has grown tremendously in being able to, what can I get a yes on? 
because so many things are no. So to go into Nicholas and, and to the producers and say, guys, I can't, we can't do a gun battle in Santa Monica. And at the time, I didn't know that that was the right tone because if you've seen the movie countless times, I don't know that that would have played well with what we ended up with. Does that, does that make sense? It's sort of set in a few places around town. Right. You have the Santa Clarita stuff. You right. have the valley. And then you're kind of downtown, right. you know, West Lake. And yes. those are sort of seem to be the hubs, and that's the canvas, that's the texture right. of the movie. So I'm trying to think if Santa Monica and that feel, how would that fit would into look that. into that. Exactly, you know. exactly. And so Santa Clarita um, has always been such a film-friendly place to go. It wasn't as densely populated, obviously, as it, as it is now. But the film office goes out of its way to really try and make it as easy as possible. But also, when we did the opening drive, when he picks up the two guys yes. robbing the place and he ends up at the Staples Center, I went and I sat down with Film LA in their conference room and we laid out the big map of downtown. And I said, how can I give them what they want without going into residential areas where we have to pay out a bunch of people or us having to run into any restrictions in this drive because he wants to do it in one linear shot over four nights from the, I think it was the 4th Street Bridge at the, um, it was like an electronics place over there, yes. all the way to the Staples Center. And he wants it to be of a cat and mouse, you know, a shark and the wounded fish, you know, uh, he's ducking in and out of alleys. He wants the to be organic a little bit in this, but be as safe as possible and we did the same thing out in Santa Clarita. We need to do this car chase. And how does this car chase take place daytime on a street that you believe is a live street and you believe uh, that there's real stakes involved in this? So it's not so no, no visual effect in this. You know, how do we do that? The chase when they end up hitting the cement truck that we did on on Templin Highway and Templin Highway, I can at the time we could pretty much close it to this day it's still the place to go it it's seen in so many different pictures now and so many different tv shows but it is like a it's almost like a back lot if you will now you talked about the opening and the opening is it sets uh, a lot of tension right away you're already on the edge of your seat right you're waiting for this guy to come out of the <laughs> come out of the store he has the police scanner on that first section of it is such a short in itself that um, and Nicholas wanted to shoot that with cameras in the car. As a location manager, you ask, you know, what's our lighting? You know, how are you? Do you want camera on sticks? You know, camera on the side of the road. These things. Robert, that's lazy man's camera making. But the camera is in the car, and I'm thinking to myself, there's a lot of directors who probably don't think that, but okay. <laughs> but it was neat to be able to hear. He knew exactly what he wanted and how he wanted to do it. And so I could go to the proper um, people, Film LA or whatever it was, and say, this is exactly how he wants to do this. How can I give him that? He was very specific on that. And then it was, let's just, it's, it's the flow. And I believe that comes out when you see it. And then when it's over, you're like, wow, you know, and then the rest of the movie kind of starts. At one point, L.A. was the bank robbery capital of the yeah. world, right. you know, and you right. even look at a movie like Heat. Oh, right? yeah. And Al Pacino even says it during that first armored car robbery. Right. This yeah. is a perfect place to do it because there's fr there's two freeway entrances within, you know, a mile or half a mile of each other, whatever right. it is. And what I love about the electronics store location Though you would never know it unless you're researching it and you're looking at it on Google Maps, 
is that it's right next to an on-ramp for the 10 exactly. freeway. Even though they don't get on it and they're going through streets, there's almost this like subconscious thing where, yeah, well, this would be the perfect electronic store to rob because you could just jump on the freeway right, right there, even right. though it's in the back and you never see it. But I like that about it. And it's right. also the same with the Pink Motel. The that Pink was Motel an, that's an anomaly. <laughs> is like, yeah, you know, it's this 50s, 60s roadside motel that's pretty much is used for filming, yes. you know, but how you guys use it is different because you're really just inside the room. Right. You don't go outside right. to see this pink motel, which is how most filmmakers would probably at least would want to show at some point. So I like that there again, there's this subconscious thing also maybe too for the actors just knowing what the outside of the place looks like and it it's a there's a reality to it. But I find that really interesting that was a tough one because what happened was i scouted all again getting back to the seediness of what a lot of that film is i scouted all up and down that san fernando road corridor (laughs) for all of those places and each one we'd bring back he would just kind of dismiss there wasn't and then somehow i think that we accidentally i shot something else that had that in in that folder and he's like well what's this i go oh that's the pink motel and he's like, well, how come you haven't shown me that? And normally, that's not something, that's not the seedy underbelly so much of, it. it that's more of a, I, like you said, it's a film place. Right. And that was what one of the producers on the, at the time had told me, don't show him or don't tell him anything has been shot here. So he saw that. He's like, oh my gosh, we have to go there right now. And so we go out there and he says, this is perfect. And I'm like, what? So he calls into question. But like, if I showed that on a TV series or a TV show, they'd be like, you're fired. Right. But I think, again, this gets to this idea where he's not from here. No. He's a complete no. outsider. Right. And so I lost that train of thought for a moment. Right. You know, but, but I was working with everybody who was from here. So there gets the marriage between, I'm walking this line between the producers and the director. And I've been caught in the, the director's asking for something outlandish, but he was very, very visual on so many different things, which was great. And that shows on that film. Getting back to the, the, the group of people who would watch this is, are you visually looking past what's going on? When he goes to meet um, her at her, at her work at that Denny's, the Denny's at the, at the, yeah. right behind the Twin Towers. And you see he really wanted the 110 freeway yes. out the back. You know, if you think of like the the TV series that have been on for so long. It's about what's happening in front of the camera. It's the dialogue. It's the dynamic between the two characters or multiple characters and what's going on and not so much what's behind it. But he brought both things into that to his best of his ability to, to see that. So like when I walked in here, I was like, what, what is it about this place? And it was just, he just, he walked right into Vincenzo's and said, this is it. We're shooting it here. Okay. Uh, sure. Sure. <laughs> Both this place and the Denny's have this stone Exactly. The stone it's that wall, mid-60s you know? old... Love like, that. And then that shot when you first see Ryan Gosling at the table in the Denny's. And yes, you see the windows yes. and the elevated freeway behind yeah. him. Do you think Drive could have been done or as successful if it was set somewhere else? There was talk in the beginning, I think, with how the script was at taking it to New Mexico. Because they could have more freedom hmm. than, than you could with the flexibility in, in Los Angeles. But I do believe that wherever your opinion falls on your like or dislike of the film, you can't deny that it absolutely shows off L.A. And I think that's what holds up. I know for me personally, having not just worked on it, but also shooting in L.A., I think that that 
works for that. There are some things that I think that might have been better, but I'm just a location manager. Like when, when he goes out to drive the stock car and they're trying to sell it to Bernie's character, Bernie, yeah. you know, and they're going, oh, we need this money, you know, and this kid's great. And we had looked at some of the big racetracks like Irwindale and stuff like that, but they were more expensive. And that scene was not a full day, if I remember correctly. And so to go out to Saga Speedway, which at the time, you know, still had the bleachers up. And, and I think we were actually the last film in there before they end up taking them down. Um, and it was closed, right? It was closed. It's been closed for years, yeah. actually. Yeah. Because the, the bleachers are not, weren't safety rated anymore to actually have people on them because they were the old wood style, mm-hmm. you know. There were some parts I thought maybe if we did, it would have been more visual if we had taken it somewhere like an Irwindale to where you get a little bit more scope, in other words. But it just didn't fit into time. There was nothing else out there that we could have done, you know. So there are things like that that I think of. But but I do believe it was set here correctly. There is such attention to detail and reality in the fact that certain street names are being named. Right. One example is Shannon's Garage. Yes. Right, where he tells... On Reseda. Yeah, he tells Irene, oh, I work like, you know, basically part-time, I work at an auto garage, and she right. says, where? And he says, Reseda Boulevard. It was on Reseda Boulevard, you know? And then the Great Wall, of course, the Chinese yeah. restaurant you were talking oh, about yeah. earlier, which has been in a few things. In the film, Albert Brooks says on the phone, there's this place on Sherman Way, the Great Wall. Do you know it? Yeah. You know, and I love that, you yeah. know? I mean, it could have been called anything. And that was something Nicholas really wanted to stick to was as authentic LA as possible. Uh, and I think we pulled that off pretty much. One location you shot at, one of the premier filming locations in Los Angeles is the Park Plaza Hotel. Yeah. yeah. Um, now I think it's called the MacArthur. I yeah. think they changed it a couple yeah. of years ago. It's been in everything from Wild at Heart to Gangster Squad yeah. to the ballrooms, the Grand stair- Staircase. You know, it's been in like Tango and Cash and the Naked Gun and all these things. But you guys used it in a completely different way. Yes. Uh, another aspect to the script was Irene's apartment uh, and Ryan's. So they were they had an apartment down the hall from each other, you know, and this is kind of how they met, you know. Um, and so originally there was about, I believe, 10 straight days of apartment work, hallways, apartment you know, things like that. And to go to an actual apartment building and to shoot in an actual apartment, two or more apartments is what you really needed just to be able to shoot in. Apartments are not really built to shoot in. No more than Vincenzo's being, you know, 25 feet wide Mm -hmm. is normally something you would film in. So we looked around. Nicholas really wanted an apartment that looked over downtown, you know, again, for a visual of, of downtown. And those windows tend to be, you know, tiny or whatever. The logistics that go into filming a, in a day in an apartment building are tough enough, but over 10 days, the payouts you would have to do, you, you don't want to be high up. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you can have first or second floor maximum for crew-wise um, um, lighting and, and those types of things. So we went and we scouted for quite a long time trying to find that. And I had an idea. And again, this goes back to not showing him anything that anybody shot before because that had come up. Could I take them to the park plaza with an open mind and go up to the fifth floor and say, here's this raw space. There's your view out the windows of downtown L.A. looking over MacArthur Park as well, which is very L.A. And could we build it and leave it so that we'd make a great deal with the the MacArthur Park Plaza? We have the base camp parking right behind us. That's all included. And we come here and we can come in and out as we please 
because we've built this thing. And we penciled it all out. We took Nicholas there. He absolutely loved it. And it afforded us also to be able to shoot other things, uh, the, the strip club scene. That was shot there as well. We just, I mean, we just hung up, you know, drapes and pipe and drape in there and, cool. and lights, and we shot that there. <laughs> so that afforded us to be able to do that, but also base around what we were doing close to downtown. And so we worked around some weddings and a few other things that we uh, that were, uh, and when, then we shot in MacArthur Park. Mm-hmm. So we were able to get a good bang for the buck doing that versus going to an apartment building. And the the and do I know if that was the ex- the exact right perfect answer for that? Not necessarily, but I think it worked out. We got a lot out of it. They got a ton out of it, being able to reuse it over the years. And it gave us a base to be able to do a lot of other things there, too. They took those walls down. They did, because the fire yeah. department finally came in and said, this isn't uh, fire rated. And, you know, the, and they had, they've had other issues over the years of their um, sprinkler system. That was one of the hardest things there. The, the L.A. City fire came in and they weren't up to code. I went there. Uh, to take photos on that floor. And I saw all the walls, all the flats were stacked up against the wall. And I'm such a location nerd that I um, asked them if I could tear some of the wallpaper. Yeah. So I have actually two pieces. I have a piece of the wallpaper from her apartment and a piece of the wallpaper from the hallway. <laughs> it was really great. When it got built out, it was really stunning. It was totally believable. And, and it also gave them the freedom to be able to Again, just be a filmmaker and not be restricted to, oh, we can't film in these hours or we can't do this or the guy three three doors below is blasting his music. There were just numerous advantages to being able to do that as if you were almost on a soundstage itself and being able to control the environment you were in. No, that's awesome. And then, I mean, right in, and then right near there, I think, was that big six market. Yep. The big so six market right, right down the street. Right down the street. Yep. So there's another close by place. Yep. But so we I just mentioned before Shannon's Garage and yep. that was here in the valley. Yeah. Northridge, I think. On yes. Reseda. So that was the old picture car warehouse. Is that right? Well, previously to that, it was the Cadillac. Wait, it was a Cadillac. Right? Cadillac and then uh, Ted Mosier and, and his business, Picture Car Warehouse, went in there and they sort of took it over as their hub of the car building and stuff they do for the film industry. And um, they had consulted with uh, Ted on uh, on Drive about the cars and the different things they wanted to do and how that how he could do that and it ended up being where uh, Brian Cranston's character worked and Ryan would go there as you saw the movie you know and that's where their hub was it was out of there and it was it was awesome to have that facility but those guys were so super flexible in allowing us to film a section of it that they kind of closed off for us and let us use while they were still doing stuff you know as well. Now, there's a great scene that happens in Vincenzo's here with Albert Brooks when he violently stabs this guy first with a fork in the eye and then with the knife. So when I came here four or five years ago, one of the employees here said, oh, do you know that the knife that Albert Brooks first picks up before, obviously, they go to the prop knife, but the knife that he picks up was actually one of our knives here at the store he said let me show it to you and he went to the back and he brought this knife out and he said this is the knife that Albert Brooks had uh, that stabbed the guy with so one of the most poignant moments in Drive is when Ryan takes Irene and her kid down into the LA River I mean when they pull up on that location I mean, it's like this paradise, right, right out right. in the big yeah. city. Yep. How did that come onto the radar? And that's in the valley here too, right? Yes. Yeah, it is. Um, so we we had kind of scouted for that because that was kind of an organic thing. What is what really 
is Nicholas looking for? What will appeal to him and what will set the tone for that moment where, uh, like you're saying, they just, it's just this heartwarming in the middle of the city island, if you will, of uh, a tender moment between these these people. And so we scouted quite a few places around, you know, did it want to be up? Was it a Griffith Park type thing? You know, was it more overlooking the city? And we ended up finding a section of that. And then we had to go through the proper channels with Film LA to see if we could get permission to be able to do that and to drive down there. And we presented that to him and he was like, oh my gosh, this is just awesome. It's great. Well, it's also this, again, great juxtaposition of the concrete Yes, and then the organic yes. nature of the the trees and water, right. you right. know. So that's, um, I think, and that's reflected. I mean, that's what the the story's about, exactly. really. You know, yeah. I think that's wonderful. There's a quick diner scene, not where Irene's, not mm-hmm. where Carrie Mulligan's character works, mm-hmm. but the scene where Ryan's sitting in a counter, and the guy, he's like an ex client, mm-hmm. comes over to him and says, "You're the guy who drove me and my brother back mm-hmm. from Palm Springs," and Ryan tells him. Basically, shut up, or I'm going to kick your teeth down your yeah. throat. Where was that little? Do you remember what that was? I don't remember where we did that. It's like a very quick, quick scene, and they're sitting at a counter. It could have been at LA Center Studios because oh. they used to have a bar set there. I see. And I'm wondering if that's because it is such a quick pop. I'm wondering if that's where we did that. And you did some other stuff at LA Center we Studios. We did. So, right? yeah. So in in the storyline, he plays a stunt guy. That's his day job. And we had a um, where could we roll a car? And have him at his day job where it's a controllable thing and actually looked like sort of a backlight and kind of give the feel that this is where this guy works. And so I approached uh, Ken Johnson and the guys at L.A. Center and I said, could we do a movie on a movie lot? (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, and uh, and I've done a ton of stuff there over the years. They're super film friendly. there, just great guys. And our offices were based out of there. So working in between the schedules of everything that we had going on, we we scouted around at different locations, like, you know, different movie sets. Does this want to be on a on a on a ranch? You know, and this is more of a he's rolling a, a pickup truck, you know, or something like that. But we at, at the end of the day, Nicholas decided that we could do it there at L.A. Center Studios. What I like about it, actually, it's sort of the opposite in terms of looking at it as a back lot. I like it because it actually feels like a real street. Exactly. Because you have the, the because it's downtown. Yes. And in the background on the opposite side of the freeway, you can see all the buildings. So actually, yes. unless you know it's L.A. Center Studios, to me, it just feels like you're in film. Yes. They're doing that car car uh, flip on a street yes in yes. downtown i show that a lot when people want to go downtown and shoot at night whether it's a commercial you know tv or film um that is one of the locations i try and show people even if they don't choose it but because it's totally controllable and you get free background with all the lights and the cars and everything the lights come on and the city's alive yet you're right on a street inside a fence that's totally controllable and you can just you can be in the middle of the street you don't have to reset the car to one you don't go down to the next exit you don't got to do any of that stuff and you can make time your friend in that in that setting there the other restaurant that is prominent again is the great wall Mm -hmm. do you remember was that written as a chinese restaurant were you looking for chinese restaurants yes it was what was the situation with bringing nicholas to that place was it similar to vincenzo's where he walked in and it's like Yes, this absolutely. Is he walked in, and I think because it was already red, and it was so authentic, 
he immediately walked in and said, this is great. This is where we'll shoot it. The people who own that are super nice. Like you've said, they've done other things there yes. and they're totally open to it. And uh, we changed very little there. I think some artwork or something just because you wasn't wasn't clearable, but absolutely loved it. And, and I love the, the, the empty tables around them. There was just this real uh, connection in that moment. Some of the servers are actually the real yeah. servers. Last year, I did a walking tour along Sherman Way of all the Boogie Nights oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, we popped into the Great Wall. You know, I've talked to the owners. Like yeah. you said, they're very nice. And uh, we popped in there, and we, we talked, you know, about all the things that had shot there. And I was showing some of the images of films that have shot in there. And one of them was this Curtis Hansen film called Lucky You. It was oh, with, okay. Uh, Eric Bana and Drew mm-hmm. Barrymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm showing one of the servers these images, and this server sees another server in the shot, and he said, "This server says to me, next time it's my turn yeah. to be in the sh- yeah. to be in the shot." So, no, I love that place. Yeah. You know, I and mean, their food's great, by the, the food way. Is their great. food is great because we did the tech scout there, and everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, yes, we're definitely shooting here." And that's another place where on my tour, on my bus tour, we go by and. There's always somebody that's like, oh, yeah, I love I yeah. love the Great Wall, yeah. you know, it's it's uh, I got a call from Terrence Malick's people after drive Nicholas and and actually ran Ryan had told them to call me when they wanted to come here for night night of cups with Christian Bale. And uh, that's interesting, too. Actually, when you when you put Nicholas and Terrence Malick together, you put those two names together. They have similar, similar very qualities, similar, you know, very similar, very qualities. similar, you know, again, kind of. And I very mean, visual. Very visual. Very visual. You know, and again, I think Terrence Malick has um, films that are more accessible than some other things that maybe have big stars in them, right. but similar with Only God Forgives, right. maybe. Rob, thanks for uh, well, thank you. meeting me over at Vincenzo's. I'm glad we could do this. And I would just tell everybody listening, I would recommend popping into Vincenzo's, not only to grab a pie, but also to come in and see the place. And it looks different than how it does in the film however all the bones are here all the bones all the are bones here, of yes. what it is and when you watch the movie and you see this scene you'll immediately know that this is what it is because yeah. it's only so big <laughs> one of the differences though i noticed in the film you guys put this great checker pattern on the windows yes. this sort of picnic yeah. table yeah. looking and part of that also was so that we could camouflage what we had outside because again it's such a small space and we were only able to get so much equipment out front that we needed something to give us a little bit of of camouflage to hide us the crew and the equipment outside it works practically but of course it also works stylistically i think at the time i may be mistaken but i feel like the tables had a picnic had that red and white checker look so of course that adds to it it adds for um i think lighting makes it more dynamic and then more just graphic come check it out vincenzo's is located in granada hills at 11045 balboa boulevard and that is just south of san fernando mission boulevard the phone number is 818-923-5640 you can go to their website too at vincenzosgranadahills.com and i want to thank paul for letting us come in today and do this Uh, make sure to follow our podcast on facebook at on location with jared cowan on twitter at on location pc and on instagram at on location podcast thank you all for joining us on location and i'll see you next time thanks again rob thank you